As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. St. Xavier University is for students who want more out of their future. We pride ourselves on preparing graduates with the skills they need to succeed in life. Visit xxu.edu to start plotting your path to a brighter tomorrow. St. Xavier University, the best in you. Welcome to the Under Center Podcast presented by St. Xavier University. I'm always fortunate enough to be joined by our Bears insider, Josh Chirac. Follow him at Chirac underscore and underscore awe. Tony Gill is running the show. Alex Shapiro is enjoying his life. Um, you guys will see him in studio this week. And I'm Kenneth Davis. Um, look, we talked to Kyrie Thompson of WEEI last week about excuse me, the Nikhil Harry trade. But we didn't give our thoughts about the trade. So yeah. definitely I want to find out what Josh, what, what you think about mm-hmm. the trade. Also, Josh has a pretty good article out right now. It's, it's titled, Why Harry Trade is Evidence that the Bears are Taking the Right Approach to the Rebuild. So matter of fact, let's start off with that, where, yeah. where you, you believe the Nikhil Harry trade is the proper approach uh, going along the lines of what the Bears have told us they're trying to do at the beginning of this rebuild. Yeah, I mean, to me, the the trade itself, I mean, it doesn't really have a lot to do with getting to kill Harry. I just think the move itself is an example of of patience, the patience you kind of want to see in a team that has a lot to figure out, right? This whole season is just going to be a tryout for most of these guys to see who who fits in the long-term plan. So we've talked a lot about why don't they trade for DK Metcalf? Why don't they trade for Kenny Galladay? Why don't they do this? And I think it's much – for a long-term rebuild, it, it shows patience from Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus to say, yeah, we understand we have – massive holes at wide receiver, but we're just going to trade this 2024 seventh round pick for a guy who in theory is first, second round talent. He's a big body who can, you know, let's see, let's say it kind of works out and he, you know, he plays decently. He can give you maybe 60% of what you wanted Alan Robinson to give you just a, just a big body guy who can block um, and be really effective on third downs. And if he doesn't, you wash your hands of him uh, and you, you're not losing any money. You're still going to have a hundred million dollars next off season. You didn't give away any picks like you would for DK Metcalf. You're not cutting $25 million off that salary cap like you would when you have to, you know, pay a guy like DK Metcalf or Terry McLaurin. So I think it just shows the Bears are just going to be really patient. And I mean, that might be frustrating this season. I won't lie. Like there might be people that are just going to be like, why in the world are we four and 13 with no wide receivers and a bad offensive line? And that's fair to ask. But I think in the long run, uh, it's just the right approach. I'm with you. (laughs) I believe it's the right approach. And it's funny. And we're going to later on this week, talk about perhaps an article that, that Josh has out uh, mapping the Bears playoff uh, path, surprise postseason appearance. We're going to dive into that, uh, him, him, Alex, and myself. Um, I'm totally with you, right? Mm-hmm. My only issue, and, and it kind of – the reason I brought up the mapping the playoff success mm-hmm. article, mm-hmm. this is my only issue with the Bears. And you've kind of hit on this when you first joined us, and you mm-hmm. talked about 
a foolhardy wins, a, a foolhardy part of the positive season as far as more wins than expected and believing that that means now that the program is in the right place or ahead of schedule, I guess I should say. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's skipping steps in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And th- so my only fear is this, right? And I guess I'm going to keep reiterating this because it's a new regime we don't know. Mm-hmm. What happens if it doesn't work? And there was a situation where it was like, yo, and again, I'm only pointing this out. There's nobody out there that I think they should trade for. Let me, no. I'm not, I'm not, I, you've heard us talk about DK Metcalf. None of us on this show have no. said, yo, go get DK Metcalf. Cause if I, I'm just be honest with you, if I'm paying, if I'm not paying that much, if I'm the bears and I'm paying that much, or even me being someone who follows the bears, Mm-hmm. I want that person to have more tricks in the bag mm-hmm. than just what DK can do when you're paying him that much. Because once they pay him, they're not going to pay another receiver that type of play. You know, yeah, like, and I, I think I think the DK thing, the paying him the money is the big thing because you're banking on that four-year window. You're paying DK back up. Like you're saying, we got to contend now. Otherwise, it's a complete waste of money. It's a complete waste of time. If you trade it for him, pay him now, and then Justin Fields isn't good or you just decide – oh, we don't actually have a quarterback, then you just have an expensive wide receiver for nothing. What's the point? Right. Especially if that defense isn't humming the way that we yeah. think it should be humming. Like you're, 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 and also one thing that we haven't said, you're wasting draft capital for yes. an organization that has now, quote-unquote, prized themselves on building through the draft, as all Ryan Poles told us. So I, <laughs> I think this is right. Yeah. But my fear, my fear would still be, and this, this goes to, again, we'll talk about the schedule. I just thought about this earlier. That's why it's sticking in my head. <laughs> I worry about what if they win 10 games this year and things never go right. We're in another situation where it's a misran organization and they keep pointing at the 2022-2023 season as, but look what we did that year. And it's like, wait, but that wasn't real. That was smoke and mirrors, right? So that's my – it just popped in my head this morning. So it's why I'm I'm sitting here and I'm I'm just speaking it. I hope I'm not speaking it to life. But it just popped in my head this morning. Um, but anyway, let me bring this all the way back to my thoughts on the Nikhil Harry trade. Um, it was sound. I don't think any of us believe Nikhil Harry. Like, coming from New England, now, not to say this, they can miss out on a player and not necessarily have him in, in, the, in the best way to benefit him as far as getting – production on the field it can happen even to a great organization like the patriots right Mm -hmm. but chances are it's not him you know what i'm saying like especially when you're not even just talking about bill belichick but you're talking about josh mcdaniels one of the better offensive coordinators of the last decade in the nfl regardless of how you felt when he was the head coach of the broncos when it comes to being an offensive coordinator this man is one of the best in the nfl and i would think especially particularly if bill belichick wasted first round draft equity on Nikhil Harry, they would try to put him in the best positions to prove themselves right. Let alone, again, it's not his fault, but that was kind of in the storyline of why Tom Brady left because this was the only thing you went out and did that year was draft this receiver at the bottom of the first round when Tom Brady wanted you to fill out the coppers with ballers. So kind of like Tampa, he went to a place that every had everything ready. They just needed a quarterback to drive the ship or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So him coming here is good because one, it's a big catch radius guy. It's mm-hmm. an end zone guy. And more importantly, with Lugetsi, it's a blocking guy. You know, and if we're going to be heavy on the run, you're going to, because I, I, I'll say this out of, and we know Mooney, even being slight, he will stick his nose out there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything we've asked 
is anybody talking about the Bears when it comes to receiver room? Is guys getting receptions? And again, I'm not saying we shouldn't ask that, right? Mm -hmm. But we've never focused on who's going to do the blocking downfield, particularly Mm -hmm. if we're talking about being run heavy. And again, going to your article about basically talking to talk and walking to walk as far as Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus on where they at with this rebuild, it makes sense you went out and got a big blocking receiver. Hopefully he can it could translate into more catches to help you with the run game. So it's a sound trade because, like you said, real quick, you said 2024. This isn't the two, this wouldn't be the 2023 draft. This is the next. See, I, I, I misread that. So again, yeah. it's not even affecting you this year. We've mm-hmm. saw how Ryan Poles moved around in the seventh round anyway. So it's not like he couldn't get a seventh round pick back. So yeah. it, it's a sound trade. Could they have done more? Yeah, they could have. Now it would have come with giving up more draft equity. And mm-hmm. then that points back to the same situation. You could have been in a situation where you got a, 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 a receiver maybe in his second year that's yeah. underperformed and the team's willing to move off of him. But you may have had to give up a fourth or fifth round pick for that guy, mm-hmm. which you don't feel like investing that in when you're trying to build through the draft. So, I, again, uh, Ky- I, I enjoyed uh, Kyrie joining us last week and breaking it down further. But I didn't. I thought this was a, a decent move. I'm not going to uh, throw a parade. For Ryan Pose and Matty Bafoos, but it's a decent move getting a guy in a receiver room that they, they needed more receivers, particularly somebody that did something different than what we know the other guys are doing. No, 100%. Look, there, I mean, there's a very, there's probably better than 50% chance that he's just not good and not, right. nothing goes of it, but it doesn't matter. You gave up nothing. You gave up nothing. And you got a guy who was drafted over a bunch of guys who are really talented. Now, that probably means Bill Belichick misevaluated the wide receiver class, right? He's right. not a very good wide receiver evaluator. That's his sticking yeah, point as a GM. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if he if you re-rank that class and it turns out Nikhil Harry is is fifth under DK Debo, AJ and Terry McLaurin, still a pretty good wide receiver. And the blocking is really important. He was the second best run blocking wide receiver last year by Pro Football Focus. It's Robert Woods, Nikhil Harry and then Byron Pringle was eighth. So what does that tell you? It tells you the Bears really want to run the football because in the wide zone scheme, the wide receivers have to block. It's not just Cole Komet. That's why Juwan Jennings plays so much for the 49ers, his seventh-round pick. Why? Because he blocks. He's a really good blocker. So that's what they're going to rely on. And if Nikhil Harry gives you a third-down guy and a red-zone guy to kind of match what Allen Robinson should have been if he was properly used, I mean, people people are kind of missing. Like, Darnell Mooney's obviously Justin Fields' favorite target, but last year the most targets on third down from Justin Fields went to Allen Robinson. The most targets in the red zone went to Allen Robinson. Like, they, they didn't replace that big body. So – it's it's a good flyer on Nikhil Harry. I'm I'm willing to bet he'll make the roster just because why wouldn't he? And we'll just see how it goes. But it's it's a sound it's a sound move that cost you nothing. What's a positive season for Nikhil Harry in a Bears uniform look like for Josh Rock? Oh man, I don't know. I mean, he's on the roster for 17 games and catches 30 <laughs> passes. Like I, I I don't I don't know because I, I mean I think I, I'm not gonna dog on the kill here. I I think he was probably put in a really tough situation, right? You are drafted in the first round, Tom Brady's last season in Foxborough, and everyone kind of knew it. Like, hey, if we don't do a lot, he's gonna leave. And you were the one, you were the piece, and you didn't gel with him ever, got injured, and then you're in the Patriot doghouse and you don't get out. So I'm not going to dog on him, but I'm just – I wouldn't expect much. Like, people are, you know, waving flags like, okay, this guy's a, a first-round talent. I wouldn't look at it like that. I'd look at it like he got a third- or fourth-round talent who can be maybe maybe decent. I was. It's funny. I was going to say 30 receptions to me yeah. would be yeah. – uh, if he gets 30 receptions. And I, I guess, like, so, you know what? Okay, I, I, I'm with you. If he gets 30 receptions and, and a couple touchdowns, yeah. I think that was a good move. Mm-hmm. Could you give me your – 
Josh Rock Bears pecking order for receive for the receivers as far as who who who's your top guy, who's the fourth guy? Like what how do you think the order's gonna rank, rank out this year? Yeah, I mean Mooney's obviously the clear one. I think Pringle will be two just because he's a really good blocker. Um, and I mean, Ryan Poles obviously likes him for his time in Kansas City. Um, I think St. Brown's going to be three just because of the Luke Getze connection. Um, and I probably put Harry four. I mean, I like Bayless Jones, but I just don't know how they're going to use him right away. I mean, it seems like it's going to be a lot of manufactured touches, a lot of gadget stuff, which is fine. Like they need a guy like that, but that that makes him probably five. Um, and then you can, you know, you bring the kill Harry in to to run block and, and be short, short yardage, red zone, third down guy. Um, but yeah, I would go Mooney, Pringle, St. Brown, Harry, Bayless right now. It, let me ask you this: If Valus Jones, with, well, let me ask you this: I'm trying to say this. Yeah. If Valus Jones is the third best receiver on the team, do you think that'll have a bigger impact than Nikhil Harry being the third best receiver on the team? Yeah, I would agree because that means you hit on the draft pick and you have that guy for three more years. Right. I mean, it's 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 much better if Valus Jones turns out to be the number three receiver than it is if Nikhil Harry turns out to be number three receiver because they're probably not going to resign Nikhil Harry like he's done after this year anyways. So. Damn. So wait, wait. even if he has a positive season, we st- I mean, I'm just maybe, asking. I'm, I mean, I'm, maybe what's the positive season? What's the contract? Is it, you know, one yeah. year, three million? Then sure, why not? But they have a hundred million dollars to spend in better places. So maybe, right. maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. But I think I just think it's better. It's much better if you if Valus Jones is really good and it turns out you didn't whiff on a third round pick. You can't whiff on you can't you can't whiff on third round picks. Your facts, but yeah, what, what, wait, what, what round can you start whiffing on picks, Josh? Five. Okay, I was yeah, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, the first, the first four. If you have a pick in the first four rounds, you should get four starters or facts. four, four, you know, solid contributors right away. So, um, as before, we get up out of here. Um, what did you do this past weekend? Uh, I had a buddy come in from uh, from college, first time visiting Chicago. So showed him showed him around. Went to a Cubs game. Sorry, Ken. Where's that? It's okay. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, man. went to the Cubs game. Hey, the White Sox weren't in town. You, you win the game. You guys. Oh, I go. I go. I go. Just for the for the comedy for the high comedy. Was, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> wait, wait, where where did you take them out to eat? Uh, so I went to Pequod's Pizza. Okay. In, Never, in I, I haven't had Pequod's, but I, I've wanted it for a long time. Yeah, he wanted to go uh, deep dish non-chain division. He doesn't like chain restaurants, so he doesn't okay, no Malnati's, no Giordano's, you know. So. Um, I had to put my feelers out. We got Pequod's, which was tremendous. Um, you know, showed them the Riverwalk, did all the touristy stuff. Okay. Um, what else did we do? Uh, went to Timeout Market in Full in Full Market, which was which was fun. You know, a lot of lot of, lot of fun stuff. Um, yeah, man, that was it. What about you? Um, this past weekend, what did I do this past week? I can't. I was supposed to go to a trunk party. Right, trunk. Um, yeah, trunk party. Yeah. Well, because uh, you know, someone's going off to college, family members oh, sure. going off to college. Sure. Um, I forgot what we did earlier Saturday. I can't remember. It went. Listen. So, the, is this everybody knows? My, oh, I don't feel like putting it on here because people nah. will start. People weird. Yeah. But I do. Yeah. Want, I do. I do want to get back to real quick before we get here. I want to get back to the idea of the bears having like a flash in the pan 10 win season that kind of derails the rebuild. I think what Ryan Poles and Matty Flus have kind of done is make that not really possible mm. by how they built the roster. Like, cause you can't tank in the NFL. It's a physical game. Everyone has to go hundred percent. You like, there's no tanking. It's not the NBA. Right. But how you make sure you're not that good is you just make the roster. Not that good. Right. Right. So the easiest way to not win nine, 10 games is to just leave a bunch of holes. You're like, yeah, we're just not going to, get the extra edge rusher and not fill the tackle position and not give you a, a good number two receiver. 
But what happened if Justin gets hurt because of this? Well, you know. Like that's the problem. No, I know. That's yeah. That's the like. This is for me. I want a for. I want a top. I want a top eight pick in the upcoming draft to see what they do with it. Right. You have to have mediocrity is death. Right. But but after that, I I will be fine not not picking ahead of fifteen moving forward. Right. Well, that means that that means Justin's that means Justin's for real. Then if you're not doing that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But to get to get to the point of finding out if he's real. To risk not protecting him, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I understand you don't have to have the Hall of Fame line in front of him, mm-hmm. but that even goes to getting a veteran left tackle yeah. just to cover his butt again. Mm-hmm. So I mean, his yeah. blind side should be protected. If I you agree. if you want to leave it open, let what's in front of him at the least. Let the guard position and the right tackle position be somewhat questionable, but yeah. you shouldn't play with left because. Sometimes guys are never the same after mm-hmm. they a certain injury. You know, oh, like yeah. no, Carson Palmer was never really the same Carson Palmer after yeah. his knee injury. You yeah. know what I'm saying? No, I so agree. like that. Yeah, that's my only because I'm with you. But that's the only, that's the dangerous part, the offensive line in doing this. I don't think yeah. you should play as much. You can play with the receivers. You can play with the linebackers. You can do all, you can do all of that, but not with the offensive line, in my opinion. No, I agree, but I, I mean, I, I would say from their standpoint, I would, I would venture to guess he's not going to be in the pocket a lot with this offense. Yeah. I think they're going to scheme him away because most of the evaluation of Justin this year, if we're being honest, is going to come Monday through Friday, right? How's he practice? What's the film study like? What's the work ethic like? How's he actually gelling instead of on Sundays? Because they know lines kind of porous, receivers aren't all there. Can't really evaluate that. Like that's the, what the Fortnite did with Trey Lance last year, right? All we heard all year was like, oh, he's popping, popping, popping. You watched him for the two starts. You're like, nah, I don't know. looks okay. But they're convinced because Monday through Friday, they saw everything they wanted to see. So that's where the evaluation is going to come in. All righty. Uh, we got a little something from the peanut gallery. Tony has hit us with, have the Bears ever intentionally tanked? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't. I can't really remember the years verbatim, but mm-hmm. hell yes, <laughs> they have intentionally tanked. Now, it, I'll say this. I, I, I think I can come up with, Two times where it was intentional from perhaps the beginning of the year, but there have been times where they were iffy on tanking and mm-hmm. when and when because of the season was already going to the trash heap, yeah. then they decided to, to delve further into the tanking. The, the but soft, def- the soft tank. Exactly. Nothing worse than the soft <laughs> the tank. Soft, the soft tank. <laughs> now we try, we just weren't that good. That will tank. So I would say I feel like definitely the year before drafting Mitch. And I know people will be like, well, they, they brought in Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon was a charade. All right. The, what, what, I don't know what Ryan Pace, if Ryan Pace just had owed an uh, agent a favor or something, but there was like that whole, we all, but anybody that thought Mike Glennon was really going to start, I, I don't get how he got tricked on draft night because, buddy, they were too high in a draft class that quote unquote had three potential starters in it when you're talking about Mitch, Deshaun Watson. And of course, Patrick Mahomes. All right, so yeah. we we were going to get one of those quarterbacks. Period. That year, you it was no way just because you signed Mike Lennon up, career backup from Tampa. All right, that was couldn't be beat out. Then again, of course, James Winston was drafted number one, but you're playing behind a turnover machine like James Winston. All mm-hmm. right, but that year. Definitely Ryan Pace, because remember, Ryan Pace ripped it back down to the studs. Mm-hmm. The part of the thing with, with, with John Fox was Ryan Pace didn't give him nothing. All right? Nothing, zero. He, like, he, he didn't give him nothing. Like they they tanked that year for that number for that what number four pick, which he traded up or traded away a pick, picks to move up for some odd reason. Right. Exactly. But that year, I feel like they tanked. Um, there's several more. 
I'm trying to. When I say the Cordell, I don't. I don't think the. I could. I. It should have been a tank when they brought in Cordell Stewart. Oh my goodness, it was. <laughs> it was so bad. I mean, you got these years where you have like PT Willis start, like all these backup court. Like the Bears have tanked. For, I feel like the year that I could be wrong. The the I feel like the year that they drafted. I know Tony said Rex Grossman. That one could have been the tank the season before, but the year that they got um Kay Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Kay, so that Kay, was the draft. Kay, Kay McNown. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Kay McNown. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. I, I'm talking about great hopefully great <laughs> basketball players in Detroit. Um Kay McNown. I appreciate <laughs> that, Josh. Yeah. Uh, that that was the draft that had where well, you had McNabb, you had uh the kid that came out of Kentucky that um the Browns pick number one or high um kids thank you Tim Couch. Yeah. Um you had Dante Culpepper and the Bears, I believe, I think they may have traded down once in that. I think they went got got uh Kegman down at, tw- at 13 or something like that, or initially or initially they were at the 13, something like that. Mm-hmm. But yes, to, to answer the question, the Bears um, <laughs> the Bears have the Bears have definitely tanked, if you ask me. I, I and then let's say, is there a line that has been threaded with tanking and having a potential? Yeah, we've seen we've seen this all the time oh, when you look dolphins, at dolphins. Def- Dol- listen, dolphins. dolphins. Great one. Great one. The Tua, yeah. the, the, the Tua tank, which Good. also remember that the coach wanted Justin Herbert. Um mm-hmm. they and they, they drafted him, they tanked, got the number three pick, and then traded that number three pick for three more picks. Right. Yeah. You had the, the you definitely it, well see I, this may not be tanking though you had the Colts the Colts definitely t- they I mean they t- I mean their their offense was gone because Peyton Manning was hurt yeah. but they tanked that year to make sure that they got Andrew Luck you know what I'm saying like they went oh, full yeah. in they went full like anytime like I would think perhaps Baltimore when when um they the, the Elway draft oh, I would probably. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. If there's dog, if there's a if there's a generational quarterback, you ask, and your team is average or below, you better tank to go get that generational quarterback. In my opinion, yeah, no, I think Tony's kind of asking like if you already have the generational quarterback, and are you still oh. tanking? As we're talking about Fields and with the Bears, that's why I was going with two. Is like they drafted him and then tanked anyways the next year because the roster was not very good, or they tried to tank. Yeah. Brian Flores really tried to not let them, but they still tank. They still got the, the – yeah, yeah, Tony, yeah. I still believe that teams that have had potentially franchise quarterbacks have still tanked the yeah, year the, following having the a franchise yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the Colts tried to tank with Luck. They didn't give him anything. He was just too good. Right, totally. totally. <laughs> Andrew Luck was just too good. He's like, I'll just take you to the playoffs by myself. I mean, sometimes also it's a situation where I put it like this. I think teams have tanked with a franchise quarterback, potential franchise quarterback. But also, if you're that good where you're in the top three in the draft, it's not easy to just put a a, a, a rookie quarterback back there because chances are you don't have an offensive line. So, like, just to start with that, regardless if you have skill position players, if you don't have an offensive line, very few people can Joe Burrow their way out of a situation like that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's there's a reason you're drafted where you drafted. It's not because your team was really great and you're missing one piece. Right. So <laughs> it's because you miss a lot of pieces. Exactly. So sometimes it's not that that team is tanking, but they they just suck still after drafting that quarterback. But sometimes, depending on what's coming out in that next draft, if it's a, a, a pass catcher or someone that can pressure the quarterback, yep. heck yes, team mm-hmm. sit there. Because you can, you, you can get two right there, and then hopefully you're never at the beginning of the draft and, and during that era again because you got either the quarterback and somebody on the opposite side of the ball or skill player to help the quarterback. So, yeah. I definitely think you could that I definitely believe it's happened a ton 
in, yeah, and, in NFL. You, and you can only do it the rookie year tank, right? It gets tough because you only have that five-year rookie quarterback contract right. window. You can't just keep on, which is why the Bears are kind of going to walk a tight line because we're already in year two of the contract. We're right. not going to be good now. And they probably won't be good next year. That's three years. So that's the window. problem. Yeah, exactly. That's the, right. that's the problem of not having adjoining timelines with the quarterback and the regime. And that's – but see, that, that again, I know we don't believe it, but that adds to the narrative – that they're not interested, they, that they don't actually right. like, yeah, that they're right. going to be bad and then, you know, whatever, trade them to the Giants next year. Exactly. So, yeah. like, that adds to that narrative, even though we don't necessarily, to me, that I'm would not, be foolish. I'm not, be I'm, foolish. Not, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying yeah. it. I think the reason, part of the reason you take this job is because that's what you, already ha- you already have Justin Fields. Right. Yeah. So, you don't have to risk not being able to move, either move up in the draft or be that bad, particularly like, think about it. I mean, there were no quarterbacks at the Bears. There were no big time quarterbacks in this year's draft. Right. But think about this hypothetically. And of course, they gave up the pick to get Justin. But what happened if it was clear last year? Like, what, what, like, think, imagine if Justin was like uh, Johnny Menzel, right? Where yeah. just some Josh, Josh Rosen, just, terrible. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and so now you know you have to get right back in it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, in a situation like that, um, I was – wait, would you take a job if you had been paired with a QB, though? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, buys, it, buy, it buys you time. Right. Because you could be like, yeah, we believe in this guy, and it gives you two years, and then if he's not good, you're like, hey, we waited to draft him. And then you just reset your clock and draft your own guy. Right. It yeah, gives you two bites at the apple. Yeah, it's all, it's all get, about job security. Right. And one, you have to remember, too, if you're unless you're like, for instance, Josh McDaniels, where Mm -hmm. every year someone's trying to get you to leave an organization, you have to take a job because you may not get another chance to take that job. But, yeah, you're definitely going to take the job because you look at it as far as I can get rid of that kid or Mm -hmm. like just like when people imagine when Phil Emery took the job to be the Bears general manager, he knew he was going to fire Lovey. But he took the job because he knew, okay, I get a year to evaluate this guy, quote unquote, and then I get to reset the decks with my own guy. So mm-hmm. it's the same way if you with the quarterback. You, yep. hey, if he's good, great, I got yeah. somebody. Yeah. And if he's not, I, they're not going to blame what, me. My guy, yeah, what my guy? Right. Was I here? It wasn't yeah, me. He was already here when I got here. Yeah. So, but yeah, definitely, you're going to take. I mean, there's only so many of these jobs, so you're going to take the job and hope. I mean, to me, again. I think the Bears job, in a way, was a sexy job, it's particularly if you were looking at it. And I'm sure I'm sure Ryan Pohl said this. Can I, basically, can I tear this bad boy down? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, how, how, how opposed are you? Because you know George McCaskey never says the word rebuild. But how mm-hmm. opposed are you to me rebuilding? And therefore, one, I can set the foundation and I have this quarterback already. I don't have to be worried about a next year's draft Going after uh, Shroud or, or going after Young, I, I don't. I can now fill it, fill out the roster because I have Justin Fields. So I don't believe again the narrative that they're no. looking at as far as that Justin is so flawed that they're going to have to move off of Justin. I think they want to prove to themselves he's the man. But I think yeah. he was an attractive asset to come in for. He's still on his rookie contract, and if you can figure it out early, man, that people look. We're going to forget if this works. We're going to forget that Ryan Pace was the person that drafted Justin Fields. I mean, we'll say it, but we're in our heart of hearts, it's not going to be how we really feel because it's going to be Ryan Poles, if he figures it out, who figures it out and sets him up in a winning situation. So we're like, we never talk about how often do we talk about? Um, I forgot the dude that played the, um, that was general manager for the Nets. 
that uh um that drafted Jordan. But we don't talk about him very this proof right there. We don't talk about him that much. We talk about Jerry Cross. Jordan was already here when Jerry Cross got here, but it, it's still it'll be a similar situation, in my opinion, where you're not really going to be talking about the person that drafted Justin. We're going to talk about the person that made Justin, if Justin becomes a, a superior quarterback, help him become a superior quarterback. And they, I mean, the, they brought in Luke Getzey. That shows right. you right there. They actually want Justin Fields to succeed because this offense should be tailor made for what he does well. If they didn't really believe in Justin Fields, they probably wouldn't have gone out of their way to hire Luke Getzey. I, I totally agree with you. Hold on. I got to find out quickly because this makes no sense that I blanked on who drafted, who did Michael Jordan. Rod Thorne. Thank you, Rod. That's, oh my goodness, how I forget on Rod Thorne. Yes, Rod Thorne, all right, who's worked in the NBA office, but also was with the Nets. Yeah, Rod Thorne. People don't, I mean, Rod Thorne, people like Rod Thorne. Let me say that, yeah. but we talk about Jay Cross. All right. Thanks, T. That was, that was some, some, some good questions from the peanut gallery. I definitely always appreciate it. Well, that's it for Josh and myself. We'll be back with Alex for you on Thursday when it will drop. We always appreciate it. That's it for the Understander Podcast. Rate, follow, review. Hit us with the five-star. And if you're betting, please use points bet. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.